Welcome to The Other Coast, a podcast detailing the Malafometa in Los Angeles. My name is Jeff, and with me here is another SoCal player, Colgan. Hey, everyone. Hey, Colgan. So today we are continuing our series on upgrades. This is an incredibly popular series with our listeners. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I do think it is valuable because we have a, you know, a good number of newer players uh, in our audience and even for more experienced players. Uh, they, you know, I guess it's possible they might hear something they didn't know before, but also it is just kind of interesting, I think, to look at these upgrades from a systemic um, or, you know, analytical point of view, uh, rather than just dealing with them at the table, which is oftentimes, um, you know, the primary way that you would interact with them. So uh, in the format that uh, governs the episodes in our series, we just go through them in alphabetical order. Uh, we talk a little bit about them, and then we rank them within the, uh, the faction itself, and also within just kind of uh, compared to the entire range of, of upgrades uh, amongst all factions. And so the first upgrade is Ancient Pact. And we are not a you know read-the-card-at-you kind of pod, but for these upgrade episodes, because there's not much to the card, we do it. Um so it's got three abilities, Avoid Doom. This lets you, if you flip the Black Joker, uh, you can get rid of it and flip a new card in its place. It's got Ill Omens, which gives the crew uh, plus one initiative, um, which you know we should point out works before uh, pass tokens get added. I have no idea why Weird is making it that way, but you know that's how Weird wants the pass tokens to affect initiative. Um, and then the minion-only ability is Nefarious Pact, which is at the end of the model's activation, draw a card. Uh, so, Kogan, what do you think about Ancient Pact? Like, just kind of overall, but also, you know, among the the three uh, three abilities, which would you say is kind of the standout for you? Um, Overall, I think it's okay. This is probably the upgrade I hear the most about from Neverborn players. The one that stands out to me most is Nefarious Pact, just because card draw is always really nice. So I feel like it's a solid minion ability. And then Avoid Doom is interesting. It's like one of those things, like when I look at the card, I, I feel like from like a knee-jerk reaction, it feels like way too niche to ever bother taking an upgrade for it. But I know that I've heard some people frame the idea, of, especially with like Dreamer, Right, that basically saves you from losing a summon that turn. Which you know, if you're able to prevent that, like that is definitely like a huge swing in power, and I think would be you know make the upgrade immediately worth its points. If it's like the difference between being able to summon in like an extra um, nightmare minion or not. Yeah, well, especially if you you have a high card that's not the mask, so you stone for the mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, planning to cheat in the high card, and then you black Joker, uh, and and so now you're out. You're, you're not only out your summon opportunity, you're also out of stone. So in that regard, Ancient Pact would come halfway to paying for itself uh, if it if it preserved the stone. And that you know, it, that alone, I mean that that use is very specific because it's for Dreamer and it's for his summoning action and it's for when mm-hmm. he uses a stone. But Dreamer summons frequently and he uses stones for it frequently so that's why you see this upgrade on dreamer um a fair number of times or at least you know dreamer one i don't think you tend to see it on dreamer two that often 
what would you think? Because I personally feel uh, Avoid Doom could instead be the uh, the the ability the hanged have where oh, so good. Yeah, I mean, I think it could you know, obviously at this point, the upgrade would be considerably stronger because uh, the hangs ability, it affects both sides, black jokers and it affects the enemies. Um, uh, what, what was I, what was I going to say? Yeah. So, I mean, basically when you're, when your opponent, um, uh, when you flip the black joker against your, your opponent, you get to count it as the, the red joker. So, I mean, I think that, uh, even though it would be making it a lot better, um, Oh yeah, and also that the hanged make uh, the opponent's red jokers count as black jokers. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah, yeah. I should know this because I play Daw. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm just gonna look it up at the card. Yeah, so Forever Doom. I huh? No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, were you saying you were looking it up on the card? I, I, I looked up while you were thinking Fumbling. about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking about it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, we'll go with that description. Uh, yeah. So I mean, the hanged. <laughs> I feel that even though it would be a considerable power increase for um, this ability, I do think that the upgrade probably could have it and the upgrade wouldn't be broken. Um, What do you think of that? Just from a gut reaction, I want to agree. But I think, you know, I think part of that is just in my mind, like you have to have it with this specific model. It's... Well, I guess like two cards out of the deck. But I guess if, with that, you have a much higher, well, three cards because you're looking at the opponent's deck now too in case they flip a red joker. Yeah, so it'd be both model. black jokers and the opponent red joker. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, like I, I think, it, you know, I agree with you. It's a considerable increase in power, but because it seems like the hit rate is so low, I don't feel like it makes a big enough difference in the majority of the games where you're taking this upgrade that like, if that's the only reason you're taking this upgrade, I think you're passing on it more often than not. Right. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. It, does, it doesn't affect the enemy black jokers, right? Cause that would just make the red jokers get counted as black. Jokers. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not like it turns the enemy black jokers into red jokers. That'd be terrible, uh, <laughs> but it does it for you. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, because we've not done a ton of clarity here on this since we become kind of muddled. I I do think that Ancient Pact could have worked with the Hanes Forever Doomed ability. And yes, that would be an improvement on Ancient Pact, but I don't think that would necessarily have been broken. Uh, Ill Omens, the plus one initiative. What do you think of that? You, you know, is, is, is that something you look at and you, you feel it's important? Or is it just if it comes up, it comes up? I think it's a nice buff. I mean, like the more and more I played being able to control initiative, you know, like deciding whether you want to go first or second, I think is very, very important, especially, you know, like turns two or three. I mean, and even if not that, if you can force your opponent to cheat out a card just because of that, because they really want to be able to go, uh, you know, it gives you like a nice little extra card advantage. Again, it's not like something that'd be like, oh, because of this, I'm taking the card. But I think like even just having like a plus one if you have two of these like a plus two to your initiative flip feels so incredibly impactful like you know even when you're playing the game like a stat difference of one or a stat difference of two when you're in opposed duels feels almost insurmountable in some cases mm-hmm. well, also what's interesting with initiative is that yes there are many 
uh, you know, many situations where both players have a roughly, uh, roughly similar view of the importance of initiative, and they both kind of understand the likely consequences from whatever situation emerges. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe both people need initiative. Uh, and if I get it, I can do this and this and this. And if you get it, you do this, you know, that, that, and that, or whatever. And we both understand that situation. Mm-hmm. There are also, though, you know, many, many times, at least I've found this to be true, where there's an imbalance or an asymmetry in the importance that each player is going to ascribe to this particular turn's initiative. And that isn't always known to both players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so in those situations, you know, you might have flipped, uh, you know, you flipped a six and your ill omens brought you up to seven. You didn't really care about initiative either way, either for your own plans or, you know, you weren't too worried about what the opponent might do if they won initiative and took the play or whatever. Right. So mm-hmm. for you, you didn't care about initiative. But I'm sitting over here. And either because I know something you don't or because I'm I'm trying to like, dig myself out of a hole or whatever, I am really putting a lot of importance on this initiative and, you know, I lose the flip and now I have to cheat. And, you know, with the way hands work, it could often be like, you know, if you need to beat a high moderate, like an eight or a nine, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes is like your second best card. You know, if you have a terrible hand, it's it could be your best card. Um, right. So, you know, I, I think what Ill Omens ends up doing is that it it puts decision points on opponents. Mm-hmm. And any time your opponent has to make a decision, they can make the wrong decision. And so just the more often you ask your opponent uh, to make the decisions in the game, um, as long as you are able to you know, handle the consequences... Uh, I, I think it's it, it's good. And so in that regard, um, yeah, I, mean, I think elements is really useful there. And one other thing about elements is because you do have the plus one, if there are no other modifiers, like let's just say you have one elements and they have nothing. Mm-hmm. If you draw your cards and you, you know, you get to a point where you know you can win initiative and you need to be able to do that, you know, that could be huge. That could be, you know, that could save a model of yours it could kill a very important model of your opponents before they activate or whatever it could easily um i think cover the cost of two stones in many many situations yeah yeah i I think i would agree with that i think it's probably also a bit of that like mathematical bias thing right it's like and it's the same thing with the void doom it's like all right how many cases is that because you know just think about like plus one i know it's you know, it's definitely helpful, but does it feel like significant enough that, you know, I want to be putting this on my upgrade? Mm-hmm. Well, so that is, I think, another interesting thing about this building. Clearly, or I shouldn't say clearly, maybe some people would, but I feel for myself, it's pretty clear that I would never buy this upgrade for plus one initiative. Um, mm. And I even don't think that Avoid Doom is enough to validate this uh, you, you know, like, so looking at it from a non-minion point of view, mm-hmm. I, I don't think these two abilities are good enough to where I'm looking to take this a lot uh, on, on most models. But when you look at the instances where you would take it on a non-minion, you're someone like Dreamer. 
he's probably going to be a little further back, right? He's, you know, he's a summoner. He's got some support options or whatever. He's got a gun. Um, the, the fact that you, you know, buy this upgrade really as an insurance so that your summons don't screw up. Um, the plus one initiative, yeah, it, it might feel just like a little extra, but a little extra perk onto a support type model is is kind of um, like what you're looking for, really, I think, when you're trying to improve those sorts of models. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that, help, that helps is that you're always going to get value out of it, even if it's, you know, like you said, it's not really worth the upgrade, but it's, you know, it's nice to know that you're not just wasting part of the card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because there are upgrades with abilities that just are, you know, so so you know, corner case that it, it they're they're ludicrous. They might there's just dead ink, right? I mean, it's a it's it's a waste of of you know all those squid farming. Um, the minion only ability, nefarious pact, card draws great. Uh, happens at the end of the model's activation, so you know that's. That's a, a a little a little less than optimal in many circumstances because you can't then use it um, for what that model's going to do. But still, you know, I think nefarious packs is, uh, I you know, I don't I don't think you would have to be playing Malifaux very long to see its utility. Mm. Um, now comparing this to uh, uh, magical training, which is giving arcane reservoir. Arcane Reservoir, you're getting that seventh card. It's happening during like this draw phase at the start of the turn. So you get to like, you know, kind of map things out. You you have that information there. Nefarious Pact. Uh it's it's on the model. It's it's after its activation, but you can have two nefarious packs. Whereas having two um two magical trainings, I mean it's a little bit of insurance in case you lose one, but it doesn't give you eight cards, right? So mm-hmm. um in, in terms of, you know. How you feel about ancient pack versus um, uh, magical training from a card draw standpoint, or you know, sort of a deck value standpoint? Which one would you say has the advantage in, in your mind? I definitely think magical training still has the advantage. You get that card right at the beginning of the turn. Having an extra card in hand means you know you have extra cards to like toss away for uh, you know costs like rapid fire um, and. You know, it's like, sure, you can take two Ancient Packs and, you know, you're drawing two cards. You're getting pretty much full use out of doubling up on Ancient Pack between, like, Ill Omens and Nefarious Pact. Mm-hmm. But then the thing is, like, the number of games where I feel like I can spend the points on another upgrade feel very few and far between. That, yeah, I feel like, you know, it's like, okay, if I spend four points on this, then... I guess it doubles up more efficiently than magical training, but like magical training, there's all of that card is defensive. So it makes the minion you put it on that much harder and more annoying to kill. And probably by the time they spend the movement and attacks to kill that model, it's probably going to be like turn three. And if you already gotten most of the usage you're going to need out of the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is interesting in that. Yeah. The other abilities on magical training are, protecting the model right they're defensive so the mm-hmm. the model with magical training gets a little bit a uh, little bit hardier a little bit more difficult to take off the board uh, and and so actually that leads into what was going to be my next question when you do take uh 
these kinds of upgrades on minions and and by these kinds i mean that the abilities they're not meant to help them fight right so you're putting them on maybe support models or or cheaper models or or whatever because you're you're just trying to get the benefit of the support ability how does that impact how you use um the attached models right Do, do you become uh you know do you sort of lose value on them because you you take a lot of pains to to protect them or keep them you know far from danger or are you just like well you know what happens happens I I think generally it doesn't change what I do too much because again because looking at the abilities it will kind of more or less decide which you know minion I put it on. So normally I'm going to have like a support minion in my crew who's generally activating later in the turn. They're trying to stay safe just because their offensive capabilities are either non-existent or way less desirable than their support abilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I often see them, or see these ancient packs on models like, uh, you know, the Insidious Madness, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, these are moderately costed minions, so they're, I wouldn't call them cheap models. Uh, they're not quite expensive, uh, but they, they are hardy enough to where it seems like they can protect themselves to a certain extent. So, you, you know, maybe it's, it's not, um, it, it's not quite, the the challenge to keep them around because for uh, magical training especially since you have to put it on a living minion now you can't just stick it on a soulstone miner a lot of arcanist crews you know they have they, they have difficulty finding maybe the the safest model to stick it on and i do think that's one reason a lot of people do take a silent one out of keyword because silent ones they could arc through those through ice pillars that they make they can heal at range they could attack at range you know, getting that seventh card, it's doing a lot for them as well. So, I mean, I, I think you can say maybe the silent one solves this question, but as someone who sometimes plays Colette or whatever, I'm like, well, am I going to stick this on a showgirl? Uh, <laughs> right? Like it's, it, it doesn't feel like a very stable platform. Um, and, and something about ancient pact, you know, or the models that it gets put on, I feel people do feel a bit more comfortable using them a bit more aggressively. Uh, of course, it could be also that, uh, like for instance, Marcus, y- you know, you can, you can stick something on Marcus and then, and then make them a bit hardier. A uh, dreamer, you know, a lot of these minions are incorporeal. They might hang out um, buried or something. Right. So it seems like, you know, the Neverborn situation isn't exactly the same as the, the Arcanist one, which would, you know, obviously make sense. Um, but for myself, I, I feel like once I spend the extra two stones on a minion and I see their cost, you know, creep up the way it does, mm-hmm. I, I get pretty nervous whenever those models uh, uh, get into danger. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's less of a question about the upgrade and more a question of the stability of the platform, right? Like, if I, if you had like magical training, like, I don't think anyone would balk at putting it on an insidious madness because what you have terrifying incorporeal and now shielded like (laughs) you're such a stable platform i was like again the problem you're alluding to in arcanist is just that in certain keywords you don't have anything that can take a hit that you want to put anything on or rely on them for any kind of like function in your army right um 
All right. So in terms of the Neverborn upgrades, would you rank this as one, two, or three? One being the best and three the worst. I'm looking at between this and Inhuman Reflexes on them. I, I might... I think I might lean towards this one being one just because I feel like it's useful. It has a lot more like universal ap applications to it just from like the card draw, the initiative flips, and then the very situational, but very helpful avoid doom. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I do think this is the finest of the three, uh, you know, in human reflexes is a decent card. You know, we, we will get to that. Um, but I do think Ancient Pact is probably the best. Uh, in terms of, you know, upgrades generally, would you put it in the first tier, second tier, or third tier? I'd say second tier. Um, I think it's going to be solid in certain cases. I think if you have a good platform, it can be really nice. One of the drawbacks to Nefarious Pact is it can influence your activation order a little bit. So you might, you know, you're kind of tempted to activate a model maybe perhaps a little earlier than would be ideal just so you can like pull some cards back into your hand mm -hmm. um I can see yeah that. so for myself i think i would put it in the first tier uh you know they're just a lot of garbage upgrades um whereas <laughs> you know i think an upgrade that just is always useful uh really you know does quite a bit to boost it um, I don't think that all the, you know, within the tiers, I, I don't think every upgrade is equal. You know, I don't think this is as good as Magical Training. Um, I don't mm -hmm. think it's as good as, you know, like Leadline Coat, right? So, I mean, there are tier one upgrades that are, in my opinion, superior to this. But I do think, you know, in the balance, I, I feel reasonably comfortable putting it at one. I mean, I think it's in sort of the, the you know, relegation region of one where if it got a little <laughs> bit worse it would be two um but uh if it had uh uh forever doomed um i think yeah that's the hanged one right yeah forever yeah, yeah, doomed, yeah. Or, yeah i mean if it had forever doomed i mean i i think it would you know i i still don't think it's as good as say leadline code or whatever um but i i would notch it a little bit higher for sure uh, but I, I guess what i'm trying to say is i feel like it could have forever doom and not be broken yeah yeah i would agree with that i think yeah forever doom makes it better but like in terms of i'm not sure if it puts it like ahead of any other card beyond where it's currently sitting in like the order of you know like powerful upgrades like maybe half a card I don't know. <laughs> Would it be tier one for you if it had Forever Doomed? I think it's, for me, it's still sitting at like the top of tier two, bottom of tier one kind of thing. I I don't know if Forever, oh, but I mean like your opponent's Red Joker's getting, I don't think it would change it for me, but I think like in the overall of how you think of upgrades like i don't think it would really change it that much enough for me to like want to put it in a higher tier but right. it would want me to take it more just to fuck with my opponent <laughs> yeah i mean you know i i do the thing where i put the whisper on two hanged and i'm hoping to intuition into the black joker and like i said <laughs> i've never actually managed to do it even though i try to stall my hanged activations as long as i can so that when i'm pulling the six cards you know between the two hanged 
I'm not doing it on a 40 card deck. I'm doing it on like a 25 card deck. So how have I not been able to do this yet? But yeah, I mean, that's living the dream, right? So that's what I am looking for. Uh, but I mean, I think I agree with you that, you know, avoid doom um, or, you know, even if it were forever doomed, the, the potential consequences could be very high, but there's such vanishingly small reliability that it's really difficult to evaluate how useful it is, which is why I think you see it um, outside of a minion connotation pretty much on Dreamer. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not saying no one else would ever take it, but that is definitely sort of the the use that springs to mind, and it's because it's trying to address a very specific situation that would be calamitous um, if you uh, if you if you did do it. I wonder what the math is on using Void Doom uh, as opposed to saving two stones and stoning for cards twice. Um, like which, which is more likely to save you from a black joker we need smarter people <laughs> i feel like i feel like the difference between it like even if we are able like if we could math it out i feel like the difference is gonna be so incredibly minor i also think like if you did get forever doom there are probably niche cases where you can just start fishing for jokers and it starts feeling a little bit better I told you I try to fish for jokers with the hang, and I can't do it. I know, but you're like, you know, if you're like giving yourself distracted and shit like that, oh. like get like negative, like double or triple negs. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, because even yeah, like against like hard to wound models too, right? When you're flipping like three negatives, it's like, oh, there's the black and red joker at this point. Um, again, like. That that would be like so matchup specific, and I still think like the math mod. I feel like percentage wise, it'd be really small. But then it's like the more and more I go into math, it's like I just realize like humans are not built to really understand. You know, like the difference between like point one percent and one percent is like never getting something versus getting on like all the fucking time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Freakonomics or read the book, but, you know, it's it's all about how people um, are just really bad at making the like the rationally correct decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, you know, it's not anything it's not like these people are stupid or whatever. It's just the way, you know, the way that the human species works and the way our minds are structured. Uh, you know, we're just not necessarily the best at that. All right. Very so that's loss move- adverse. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, some people are. Some people are crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the next upgrade, Eldritch Magic. Uh, Colin, can you tell us about Eldritch Magic? Ooh, Eldritch Magic. This is the best upgrade in the entire game. Um, the hell was that has... sound? <laughs> <laughs> it was a half-hearted cheer. Um, all right. So it has Final Veil, which is like a verse on the prowl i think on the prowl it heals you two hp or does it only also only heal you one and then you can move i guess it's oh, not uh, worse. when they die yeah yeah uh because you have to kill it with on the prowl right uh I i'm pretty sure you have to kill it anyways it is it's a very situational heal wait i went um, to angel eyes to look but she doesn't have on the prowl <laughs> 
Does any nothing has it? I just typed on the prowl into the um I'm oh, pretty no sure prison. it's on a guild upgrade, isn't it? Yeah, no prisoners. Yeah, after this model kills. Yeah, so Final Veil is better than on the prowl. Final Final Veil is is situation. It's so it's very situational as well. I mean, a six inch bubble is pretty nice, but unless you're fighting against like someone like Hamlin or someone else who either you or they summon a lot of small things, you're not really healing off of it that much. I feel like, you know, it's it's like one of those abilities that's nice to have, but like, am I paying for an upgrade to take this on a model? No. Um, it has Dispel Magic as the second non-minion ability, which again, there's... it's. I think it's always nice to be able the option of um, being able to get rid of conditions on the fly, you know, like depending on who you're playing against. But when you have like um, Serena Bowman mm-hmm. in keyword or not in keyword, but in faction, I'm not sure you're ever really bothering with this, especially it being like an action. Like most of the time, I feel like when I'm playing condition masters, it's either they can't get their engine started or it's gotten to the point where it feels pointless to try and douse the flames. Mm-hmm. You see um, that. And then I guess finally the minion only ability counter spell. And this is just like a huge question mark as like, what are we doing with this upgrade? Like I, I can't think of a situation where I would want this combination of abilities on a specific model. Like again, counter spells like a nice to have, but I'm not buying an upgrade for it. And mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about like, increasing the survivability of something i'm not thinking counterspell <laughs> final veil like how much would you have to heal and i mean i understand final value is not final veil is not everything on the card right so it is kind of unfair to ask you know how much do you have to heal for two stones but you know just looking at it from that point of view for a moment how much would you have to heal uh, you know, to get your value from two stones, um, you, you know, if you were to put it on a non-minion, or, sorry, if you were to put it on a master or henchman, someone who could mm. use soul stones, you could have used those two stones to prevent instead. Um, so you know, I guess on a on a minion or you know an enforcer, that's not really an option. But you know, to actually buy this, like to spend extra stones for final veil, you have to believe somehow that you're going to, not only are things going to be dying, but you're going to know where they're going to die with enough precision to where you're going to be able to take advantage of it. It just, it seems like just a very difficult ability to get a reliable amount of value out of. Yeah, I mean, I think what, like, Reva, Reva, Reva has Final Veil, but then, you know, like, it makes sense because she can basically, like, kill her totems on command. Yeah, well, and a lot of like, her keyword has it. Yeah. And even then, like, when playing against Reva, Reva players, like, I'm not sure how often it really comes up. <laughs> um, I, and I think with the Final Veil, you know, if you have something with, like, hard to kill, it becomes a little more attractive. But again, the unreliability of it is what makes it so hard to, like, want to spend points on. And, like, just the rest of the upgrade does nothing in terms of synergy. Yeah, I mean, the whole upgrade, it's, it's very disjointed. It's hard to actually, like, think about 
the kind of model that you want these abilities on, right? You know, if, if this were free, it's like, sure, you know, I'll take this like random ass stuff, but it's not free. It's two stones. Um, I do wonder, right? Because Caster has his whole overheal mechanic. Right. And so, you know, I wonder if there might be some value there, especially because, um, you know, usually if you, because this is another condition, right? You have to not only be in position when something dies, but you have to need the heal. Um, right. But at least with Caster, that third condition, uh, you know, is removed. Um, so do you think that that might, you know, somehow do enough to make it workable or, you know, even then? I'm going to I'm going to say no. I, <laughs> I mean, I might be get proven wrong on this, but it's just it's you're just paying for such like a situational heal. I mean, you know, it's like, OK, I, I guess like if you can get a proc with caster off, like that's nice but like am i paying two stones to maybe get another like out of activation proc on this ability like it just it, it just seems so hard to justify it yeah yeah i'm right with you uh dispel magic you know i i think there's a lot about this that it it it's not working for me but it could be reworked to where i i actually might be interested in it so you know, one option, uh, you know, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts about are what if instead of Dispel Magic, because, you know, each ability is meant to be the same everywhere and Dispel Magic already exists mm -hmm. in the game. So what if they gave it a different ability, which was essentially Dispel Magic, but it was a bonus action. So that now there's a class of models that you would be open to taking it on, right? Models that don't have bonus actions or the bonus actions aren't that good or they're kind of situational or whatever. Would, would making this a bonus be appealing at all or do you think well i mean actually a lot of the use of this is i could remove two you know conditions from two models or you know n2 conditions or something um how would you see this if it were bonus instead i think it might make it like marginally more useful um because a lot of minions anyways usually don't have like great bonus actions mm -hmm. Um, but I don't think it really like pushes this thing anywhere, right? It's like the same kind of I would say no, it's even less of the bump you would get from, you know, like um what avoid doomed to forever doomed. Oh, uh-huh. Like I, I just think it changes a little bit on like who you might consider putting this on, but just the like, combination of abilities on this upgrade are just so fucking unsynergistic. It just like it just feels like a a mess, and like I don't I don't want to waste points on this. Right. I mean, I also think maybe if it had some some triggers, like maybe uh, healed, or you know, it gave a little move thing or something. You know, that could be a way to maybe make it a bit more appealing. Maybe if uh, just instead of dispel magic, you know, it only ends one condition. Maybe if you could end all conditions or any number of conditions, so you could keep you know, the good ones, we get rid of the bad ones or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just, I think I understand what they were going for here. They're saying, look, we're going to give a tool to the faction to address uh, conditions. But, and I, I feel similarly to how you say, and, you know, in a, in a lot of situations, 
it's kind of like either you're not under that much pressure from the enemy condition engine or it's oppressive and having one little answer is is not really going to to do it so i'm i i do wonder that even if spell magic itself were made better that it would be takeable as a tech piece but i feel like since the you know at least i i, I can't read weird's mind but in my opinion the when I read the card, it looks to me like it's meant to be an answer to some of these condition masters. If if that is what Weird wants, they should maybe think about improving, um, you know, the the means by which uh, they they suggest that you get rid of the condition. So yeah, adding some triggers, maybe making this a bonus, or you know, doing something else. But just. Uh, Right now, I don't think that it's doing enough to justify itself, even in its intended purpose. Yeah, I feel like in general, honestly, from the game thing, this like end condition stuff, it really should be like a number, like closer to how assist works rather than just ending it completely. And I guess this goes into how, you know, we're talking about the binary nature of a lot of counters. Because it feels like at the point where something like Dispel Magic is effective enough or efficient enough to counter Condition Masters, Condition Masters just go to the trash. Yeah, I I do think, you know, that's been a real challenge with counter-tech generally in Malifaux, right? Getting the interaction between tech and counter-tech to be interesting, but not... uh, you know, not oppressive, uh, and also not useless, um, mm. is, is something I think we'd have struggled with for, you know, some conditions don't have values, so they would need to somehow, right. If, if they did change it to, uh, to reducing conditions, they would need to also, you know, somehow say that you, how it works with like staggered or something. Right. Um, thing is in yeah. isolation, I mean, I don't think of... sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was like, I don't think it'd be that hard because they already have that a lot in the opposite direction, right? Like, if the condition can be increased, like, increase it by plus one or, like, the max value. So in the opposite, it's like, remove the target or if it is a number, like, only reduce it by, like, two or something like that. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Like, Maxine or, and stuff already has stuff like that, I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the you know, they could, def- they could definitely do it. I just wanted to point out that, you know, not every condition mm-hmm. is on a variable track, right? Um, sure, sure. But, uh, I talk about like, oh, you know, Dispel Magic and eh, not that great. The thing is, I have played games where, you know, this one condition is really screwing me, right? Like this guy is staggered mm-hmm. and he's not going to be able to move to the place where I need him to move. And in that instance, you know, it's like my kingdom for a horse. If I could pay two stones <laughs> and stick Eldritch Magic on some dude nearby, right, I would do it. Um, so, I mean, I wonder if maybe some of this is, how do I say like, yes, ancient pact or even inhuman reflexes, my expected value is much higher, you know, and and they're much more reliable. And yet I have found myself in circumstances where having this dispel magic would make a serious difference in the flow of the game. So, you know. Am I simply failing to appreciate the tool Weird is giving me here? Or, you know, yes, there are some situations where it really would have saved me if I could do this. But um, 
you know, my assessment about expected value or reliability or whatever makes sense. It's, it, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to assess things outside of such a, such a you know framework. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, I think that's how it's always going to be, right? When you're looking at a lot of these upgrade cards, you're looking at, you know, your basically expected average value from it, right? And weighing that against everything else. So like, are there situations where, you know, having dispel magic on the right model is going to be helpful or like, you know, game changing? Like, I'm sure, but then all the other conditions have to be in place, right? You need to know like what things are going to place on. You need to make sure the minion or not even the minion but the model with dispel magic is close enough you need to have that extra ap to in such that you're close enough to burn it on the model that you need to remove the condition from but the model that's spending the ap to do the dispel magic can't do the exact same action that you know you're trying to get with this other model Mm -hmm. uh it, it just feels like i mean i think like you know if the other abilities on this card were were, be, were better, then I think, you know, having Dispel Magic is a nice extra thing to have, and it might even be enough to be, like, the tiebreaker in taking this card. But the other abilities on Eldritch Magic are just so useless that I feel like you're really looking at, is Dispel Magic worth two stones? And I feel like the answer in the vast majority of cases is going to be no. Right, yeah. I, I think that's a, a fair appraisal. Now, the minion-only ability counterspell... Like, what is going on here? Right. So this goes into something and, and, and frequent listeners to our pod. And, you know, I'm sorry if <laughs> if that label describes you. <laughs> but, you know, frequent listeners to our pod will have heard us talk about this actually not uh, too long ago. Because in the uh, episode that we did about upgrades as a mechanic. So, you know, it wasn't one of our factional upgrade episodes. It was just talking about uh, how upgrades work within the context of the game. This was one of the things where we were saying, look, the minion only on this is counterspell. Counterspell is just one of the, the general abilities on magical training. And we don't know what that means. Is is weird saying that the minion only ability is the best? Or are they saying it's, you know, the worst? Do, do they not ascribe any particular importance to the minion only ability? And we weren't able to really land uh, in that episode on a conclusion in terms of where we thought weird wanted it um, or even where weird thinks it is right now, but there's counter spell is definitely not enough of a reason to put this on a minion as opposed to something else. Now wanting to use the AP on to spell magic for, you know, a cheaper model makes sense. So maybe in that regard, you know, you're already looking to do it, but I just, Counterspell is doing so little for a model that you know I I don't think it's it's worth it um, like for this upgrade or that it helps make this upgrade suddenly takeable. Yeah, I would agree. This is like one of those things where, yeah, again, like you said, it's like what is the purpose of these minion only abilities? Because this is not something that's ever changing my mind about whether or not I'm putting this card on a minion. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean it has no impact, you know, having to discard, you know, discarding cards, just like how we were saying nefarious pact. And I do feel like this kind of comes up, right? Like these draw effects seem great. And we were able to dismiss these, uh, the discard effects, but the big difference is you're not always going to need the trigger. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and also this has to go on, 
you know, a model that you're also trying to, uh, you know, efficiently use AP to dispel magic on, right? So it's probably not going on a great model in the first place. So protecting it from triggers usually is not going to do a lot to extend its particular existence. If it had something like, um, you know, enemy models within six inches have to discard a card to declare a trigger, that would be very different. Um, mm. I, I I don't know if it's takeable. You know, it probably actually very much is in the conversation at that point. But, um, like, yeah, I, I, it really confuses me when I see it um, on, on this minion-only slot because it just it throws into total disarray any any semblance of structure I've been able to construct in terms of like the importance weird pins on the minion only aspect of upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. I just no idea. <laughs> so going to the ranking um, for, uh, for never one upgrades. Is this uh one, two or three? Although three. one is taken. So, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree there. Nowhere else it can go. <laughs> Uh yeah yeah uh and upgrades generally tier one uh tier two or tier three definitely tier three like probably bottom of tier three I agree oh. this tier three I don't think I've ever seen this taken in any game I think I've probably taken it like once early on in my Malifaux career where I was like ending conditions is great and then it's just like yeah it's it just almost never comes up what Neverborn do you play um I think I, I played Kaladi. Would um, I even take it on him? I don't know. I I, I think I also borrowed Brian's Euripides for a while. So maybe uh, I okay. I mean, Kaladi is so strong that you could just like waste four points on two Eldritch Magics and like on rando models and still you know win the game. So I love Kaladi. Being able to summon like two annoying ass minions for a six, <laughs> an <laughs> unsuited six. Wait, does it need to be suited? I don't remember anymore. I don't think it's suited. Yeah, unresisted. Oh, yeah. It's unsuited, but if you get a mask on the mask trigger, you can get rid of mindless. <laughs> and then they have unresistible. Uh, you know, he's got the upgrade for unresistible staggered. He's got an obey that does damage. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to stop talking about him because I'm gonna tilt myself. Dude, his marionettes just have pluck the strings. <laughs> so good. You're like, you need a six. Any enemy models within four pulls TN thirteen willpower duel or gain distracted. Oh my god! Especially now, like that distracted is so much stronger. Oh. <laughs> so All good. right, let's stop talking about Kaladi. Uh, <laughs> Inhuman reflexes, the last Neverborn upgrade. It's got Blade Rush. Um, you know that's when you charge. You can move through models and enemy models. Uh, take one damage. Um, scamper. Which, uh, uh, after any model cheats uh, within six, this model can push two. Uh, and then the minion only ability is Mobile Warrior. It allows you to charge while engaged. Uh, first thoughts, Colgan? This is, this is what I would expect to see from most upgrades, or where I feel most upgrades should be. Like, I feel like it is a very solid upgrade. All the abilities kind of mesh together. Um, you know, like Mobile Warrior is nice on its own and it directly complements Blade Rush. Mm -hmm. um, and then Scamper, you know, like incidental movement whenever anyone like cheats or when the enemy cheats is always nice. And again, like this is something I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, I'm putting this on a melee model. And, you know, when they're hitting back in melee, you know, if they have to cheat to hit me, you can scamper out and 
generally avoid another hit if they like charged to engage so you know you're able to like force the opponent to expend extra ap or being able to get into more favorable positions or move in and out of combat with like targets you want so that you know like even if they attack you on the second attack like you can push out and then you have the mobility to pick a new target um or you know move on your way to go grab something else or if you're a minion i guess you don't care either way because you're just charging out of engagement range and then doing whatever the fuck you want yeah i mean all three abilities are very solid you know blade rush uh it's got those offensive potentials being able to do that extra little point of damage you know sometimes it's very significant you push someone below hard to kill or right like these little ping effects uh daw hates these ping effects um but also you know, aside from the you know the damage and the ability to to charge through models, um, only enemy models take damage. So I've seen some uh, you know they don't tend to do it so much anymore because as, as you kind of learn, you find different ways to do it. But I do know that we've had Euripides players take Blade Rush on models to help with the unpack. You, mm-hmm. you know, you've got all these fifty mil bases, especially in something like corners. Um, you know, you give charge through on him, or you give inhuman reflexes on someone like Thune, which is good to have it on him, anyways. Uh, and then your impact, your unpack is just a little bit easier. Uh, scamper, you, little movement tricks are fantastic, and oftentimes scamper is going to help save you from getting hit a second time. You know, it's sort of situation where enemy charges you, they have to cheat to hit, or maybe they cheat damage somehow or something. Uh, and you get to do your scamper since they already charged, you know, they can't do another charge. So if they don't have a gun or, or whatever, you know, it can save you from two hits. Um, I also want to, I've kind of been meaning to do a, you make the call on this because it's, it's something weird is not addressed and it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but there's nothing in the, there's no rule that would prevent scamper from being generated multiple times within an action. And in one action, you know, I, I actually I listed the effects once. I took the trouble, and I think it was like five or six potential cheating opportunities because you have, mm-hmm. you know, like boring conversation. Uh, there's an ability like Lucius's or someone has it where like if you take a charge, you have to take a test first or stuff like that. There's terrifying. You can cheat the hit. You can cheat the damage, right? And there's there's a, probably one other um, out there uh, because I do think I ultimately got up to six in like the you know the the most ludicrous max possible <laughs> uh, but in my opinion if if multiple cheats happen during the same action yes because of scamper and this is something they did errata they did make clear that scamper happens at the end but because of this in my opinion if someone say cheats terrifying and cheats to hit you and you have scamper after the action you will scamper twice scamper has been generated twice at two different times so, you know, they're generated at different times, but then they're resolved using the simultaneous effects rules because that's just, you know, when they get resolved. And so, yeah, I, in my opinion, Scamper, and, and I've not seen really any talk about this, which surprises me because cheat terrifying cheat hit is not super rare, right? Or, you know, cheat boring conversation, cheat hit. Those are things that come up. So I would be interested to hear from the rest of you out there how you resolve situations like that. But in my opinion, under the rules as written, you get to move twice or however many times uh, it happens. So all that is just to say, 
Scamper is a very good ability. And Mobile Warrior, yeah, you, you know, I think it's fair to say you can't necessarily guarantee you're going to get the most use out of it. But anytime you're engaged and, you know, something charges you and now it's your turn, you can at least charge it back and do a damage with Blade Rush. So it, it synergizes really well. So even if all of these abilities, they go towards common common events in the game. And so, they, yes, you might not ever, like, you know, a defensive thing somehow for me feels super reliable. Whereas some of these things, you may not ever um, feel like you got maximum value from some of these things that you have to use yourself. Uh, but I just, I think the synergy that Inhuman Reflexes offers between various abilities is just fantastic. I was just thinking about I need inhuman reflexes and then just my marionettes plucking the strings and just get infinite scamper. <laughs> well, someone will run out of cards first. But <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but, but also that's interesting because you know counterspell is only when you're in in the duel, right? So, uh, mm. but scamper is just when any any model cheats. So, you know, scamper is is I think just has a wide uh, a wide range of potential uses. Uh, I see this upgrade being used a lot on elite models. You know, Nikima. I mentioned Thune earlier. You know, I think any really strong melee model um, can definitely make a lot of use out of it. But its minion only ability is also appealing on, say, a mature or in Titania two on on an Autumn Knight or probably Caster if you play him Neverborn. Um, you know, maybe the Cavern Nephilim or something. I, so this is really an upgrade that I think can be played Master or, or I mean, Elite or Minion. Uh, what do you think, Colin? Where would you tend to see it or where would you prefer to see it if you have a preference? I definitely prefer to put on Minions just because always being able to ensure the Blade Rush damage is just really nice. Mm -hmm. um and i i think that is one of the things i really like about how they designed the card because you know mobile warrior by itself like it's fine but it's not like oh man this like th this is like the best skill in the game but <laughs> the synergy it has with like blade rush makes it so whenever i put inhuman reflexes on a non-minion i feel a little bit bad and i think it works you know i i do not actually see this very often maybe because you know the stones just aren't there, but I feel like it would mm. work pretty well on a distraction piece, like an insidious madness. You, you know, you're incorporeal uh, already, but charge through is is nice, and the insidious madness also has uh, a scatter. So you know, this is a model that you would kind of like water up, waddle up to the to the middle of the board or your punch clump or whatever, throw in there and do a little bit of damage, be annoying and. Uh, yeah, you know, you might die, but with Scamper and Incorporeal, you could probably linger longer than your opponent expects um, and, and be kind of frustrating. So, I mean, I think this is a well-designed upgrade, partially because its use, uh, like, a good way to get value out of it is very clear. Mm -hmm. But additional ways to sort of maximize the value or, like, to, to use the upgrade become apparent as you become more experienced in the game or with particular crews or whatever. And so, I mean, I really like this upgrade quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I I feel like this is just a very solid upgrade, and like I wish more upgrades kind of mimicked this style. 
where it's like you know what it's being used for and it's very focused in its design mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't think there's anything wrong with giving us some tools that are easy to use right like you know weird throw us a bone here <laughs> you know or if you have a way to use i'll just magic you know send it to me but I, I I do appreciate some of these, uh, you know, blade riser, lead line coat or whatever. That's just, uh, you know, kind of idiot proof. Um, in terms of ranking, where would you put this in Neverborn? I mean, there's only number two. Yeah, left, there's but, only number two left. I mean, I guess you could say it was tied with something. Um, if you I mean, did. I do feel like just between this and um, was well, Ancient Pact, it's very close. I give the edge to Ancient Pact just because I think it's more universally useful right because if you don't i feel like in general if you don't have like a solid melee piece you're not really bothering with inhuman reflexes like blade rush is nice but like if you're not playing getting stuck in you're not really going to proc it enough to care about Mm -hmm. um mobile warrior again it's you know it's nice to like not be stuck in combat but if you're not going to be in melee anyways you're generally staying out of melee range and then scamper just in and of itself i don't think is reliable enough to want to take as like a possible defensive ability for your more range oriented models sure sure no i gotcha um all right so uh i guess that leaves where you see it among upgrades generally tier one tier two or tier three uh again like probably around the same place like probably like high tier to like low tier one i think you know on the right models this is a very strong upgrade wait well you're saying this is potentially low tier one but ancient pact you know you i said you were... the same thing low oh, it's kind of like it was like i it's like i think it's i said tier two but then it was like when you were like oh bottom of tier one it's like well if you're doing that like <laughs> off of tier two bottom of tier one because well, when i think tier one reflexes yeah i'm thinking like um magical training like lead line code i'm like these are not at that level for sure sure no i mean i agree with that i just i think of it as like you know one third one third one third kind of thing right i mean under that valuation potentially even some trash stuff might end up at tier one just because you know a third of them are in you know, tier one, a third, or in tier two, and so on. I don't so think forth. that's how anyone does tiers. You never tier things in order to have like an even distribution, right? Uh, no. I mean, sometimes that is how the tiers work. I was thinking but, of like gaming tiers, where you have like there's like one guy in like S tier sometimes, and then there's like a bunch of A tier stuff where it's like competitive and viable, and like B tier is like needs work, and then you have like F tier where you have like one trash person that's never going to see the light of day yeah but i mean that's you know that tier system is known specifically to have that dynamic that's why i don't use that tier to describe uh, upgrades okay we're gonna do that then i'm gonna have to go back and reevaluate everything <laughs> to make sure everything's actually falling in split thirds in which case i don't know patreon this is- only patreon only episode colgan, <laughs> re-ranked, colgan upgrade tier list revision this is like <laughs> probably not tier three in that regard and yeah i guess it still could either be tier two or tier one depending on the exact breakdown after i see everything and have a even one-third split between all the upgrades in the game all right i feel like this is tier two um it's it's very usable it's very solid i don't think it quite has the universal uh applicability of 
uh, Ancient Pact. So, um, you know, and I do feel like I see Ancient Pact in more games than I see in Human Reflexes. So, I mean, maybe that influences my you know, my decision more than it should, but it does seem to indicate to me that Ancient Pact is just, you know, reliably more useful or like the range of circumstances in which it's going to be useful um, are greater. So that's why I, I do put Ancient Pact slightly above. But I do think Human Reflexes is a good card. I don't think you're making a mistake if you take it. Uh, just sort of wrap up. Where do you think the Neverborn upgrades sit um, in, in terms of the factions? You know, do you think they're in a healthy spot? Do you think they're you know middle of the pack, or do you think they're you know they need work? I think they're in a healthy spot. I would like to see Eldritch Magic reworked, mm-hmm. but you know, Inhuman Reflexes and Ancient Pack I think are fine. I think their uses are like pretty easy to understand. Um. Yeah, and like, you know, I wouldn't be mad if other factions were close, you know, like around this level. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like this feels like a nice little spot for upgrades to be where it's like, there are cases where it's definitely useful. Um, you know, there's like a solid focus to it, but it's not like you are always taking this upgrade. And if you're not, you're doing something wrong. Yep, yep. All right, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I think the number one upgrades are solid options. Um, but not overpowered. And I mean, especially as long as the line code, magical training and, you know, a couple, one or two others exists. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to complain about anything else. So yeah, I mean, I, I think they're in a decent spot. Uh, all right. So I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Uh, thank you to all of our, uh, listeners and especially our Patreon backers. I wanted to put that at the start of this. because I know a lot of people just kind of, hear the the wrap up and then they skip to the next thing which i mean i, I totally get because i do it too but i wanted to make sure that our our listeners and of our patreon backers got a uh, first shout out um we really do appreciate everyone who listens we play just in one small corner of the globe but we want to be part of the wider malfo community and that's why we do this podcast please feel free to reach out to us about uh, anything you'd like uh like us to to talk about because we did a two-part three hour, I think total episode based on someone's episode suggestion. So uh, it can happen to you too, if you're not careful. We also, even if you don't have anything you'd specifically like us to talk about, we love all feedback. We actually have anchor or something. There's like a Q and a or whatever. Some people have actually given us feedback, which I only recently learned. I had to press a button to publish. So if any of you had sent us like uh, uh, a, a, a message on our, any of our episode episode or any of our previous episodes like through anchor and you're like well why didn't these guys you know they asked for a comment why didn't they publish it it's because i didn't know i had to uh, but that's been done so uh yeah i thank you for everyone who did send in um a comment through that and yeah you can reach us basically through all the normal social media things and i guess that'll pretty much do it for us so good night everyone yep. night everybody <laughs>